0: Bad things can happen when contractors fail to include their subs in negotiations with the government. The Air Force decided to redo its approach to a small construction contract. That drove up costs. But the Prime signed on to a new price without the agreement of its subcontractor. So the whole thing ended up before the Armed Services Board of Contract appeals. Haynes Boone Procurement Attorney Dan Ramish has more. And Dan outlined this case for us. I guess it started out when the Air Force totally changed the ground rules of a small project to install an alarm system that it had agreed to.
1: Yeah, that's right. So this was a small $2 million job to replace a fire alarm control panel and fire suppression system at Eglin Air Force Base. And the contractor, which does business as Optimum Construction, learned from the Air Force at the pre-construction conference that there was going to be a change in the contract work hours and sequence. So the contractor had planned in its proposal, and the original contract had anticipated that the work would happen during normal business hours, and that the fire suppression system would be replaced on each floor and that the whole floor would be effectively cleared and unoccupied. So the contractor could handle one floor and then handle the next floor and then handle the next floor. And the Air Force talked to its customer in the building. And unsurprisingly, the customer didn't like this idea that they were going to have to clear out their offices. So the Air Force said, no, no, this work is going to have to be performed nights and weekends, and we're going to handle it office by office instead of the entire floor. So it's a classic change. Of course, the change in sequence and the change in work hours affected the contractor's costs, and it also affected the costs of its major subcontractor, Pew. So Optum here initially talked to Pew in negotiating a modification to capture these changes with the Air Force and got an initial price, but then they had subsequent negotiations with the Air Force to come to agreement on a bilateral modification. And it turned out that the Air Force ultimately played hardball and said that the contractor had to agree to a $200,000 modification, or at least this is what Optimum says, or the Air Force would terminate the contract for convenience. So Optimum agreed to a $200,000 modification, but this meant dramatically decreasing the costs that were uh, for its subcontractors' work.
0: Right. Optimum Uh, had demanded another Almost a million dollars, and the Air Force sort of bargained them down to two hundred thousand, and the subcontractor wanted about a hundred thousand more, and it ended up with only thirteen thousand dollars, unbeknownst to it, correct?
1: That's right. And Optimum decided not to go back to its subcontractor and get their buy-off before agreeing to a bilateral modification. Actually, they submitted the proposal for the about $200,000 without talking to the sub. And then the sub actually learned about it afterwards before the mod was signed and said, wait a minute, this doesn't capture all of our costs. And they explained the reasons for it, that because the work was going to happen every night and the offices weren't being cleared, they were going to have to demobilize and remobilize every day. So there was tools, scaffolding, equipment, materials, and they couldn't just leave it in the office because people were going to use the office during the day. So it was easy to see why this affected their costs.
0: But Optimum went ahead, did the contract, and then paid whatever it could pay extra to its subcontractor, Pew. Pew wasn't too happy. What happened next?
1: So Pew went ahead and submitted an REA after the work was completed for the extra costs, which did end up being more like what its original proposal had provided for, so an extra $90,000. And Optimum received the REA and passed it through to the Air Force, but made some kind of disparaging comments suggesting that it caught them off guard and they didn't feel the subcontractor's claim was warranted and that they didn't stand behind it, things like that. And unsurprisingly, the Air Force rejected the REA. And then when Optimum converted the REA to a claim, the Air Force contracting officer denied that in a final decision as well.
0: We we're speaking with Dan Ramish, a procurement attorney at Haynes Boone. So done, paid, but it wasn't over yet. And what was the reasoning for the board in deciding what it decided?
1: So the board came back and noted that there wasn't a constructive change insofar as a modification had already been executed for the changes that the subcontractor was complaining about. So there hadn't been additional changes. They were covered by the modification pretty clearly. And they pointed out that Pew had raised this issue with the prime contractor at the time and went ahead anyway. And they also pointed out that the modification, as is standard, included release language. So the government had an accord and satisfaction defense that this was effectively settlement for the changes. And the contractor had been paid for them. It was a fixed price And that was the end of the issue. There were a couple of kind of side arguments that Optimum had made in its appeal. They argued that they had signed the modification under duress because the contracting officer had supposedly threatened to terminate the contract for convenience. And the board said, well, the government has the right to terminate the contract for convenience. And so it didn't constitute duress to say that they might do that. Right. Uh, So
0: now the resulting argument then potentially is between the sub and its prime. Because the government got its alarm system, paid for it, and they're done.
1: That's right. The challenge that prime contractors face when they're dealing with modifications that affect subcontractors' costs and schedule is not getting stuck in the middle. So it's preferable for the prime to deal with it when they're negotiating the modification and include the sub enough so that the sub feels that their interests are aligned and that they have kind of the subprime has buy-off on the ultimate result in the modification. And the way it went down here, not getting final approval from the subcontractor and then kind of disparaging the REA and submitting it, the subcontractor can't be very happy with that result and it risks a follow-on action by the subcontractor against the prime.
0: Right. So maybe there are some times when a sub should say to a prime, you know what? Sorry, forget about it, even though it's hard to turn down business, but it might be better to not have the revenue than to lose money, right?
1: Right. Well, the sub here, if it had been engaged through to the end and had been faced with the joint decision to either move forward with the much lower $200,000 modification instead of million-dollar modification, or walk away or face a recompetition, the subcontractor might have made the same decision. But because they weren't engaged at the time of the mod, now the prime may be stuck in the middle having to pay some costs to the subcontractor that it can't recover from the government.
0: All right, so what would your advice be to your prime client, say?
1: Well, whenever you're dealing with a bilateral modification, read it carefully, and understand that it will cover the subject matter of the mod. And it will be difficult and potentially impossible to recover more for that same work because there will be a standard release involved. And to the extent that there are subcontractor costs and schedule, uh, it's always preferable to deal with those issues up front, particularly when the sub is raising their hand and saying, hey, this doesn't cover my needs.
0: Right. And don't assume that because the government has greatly modified the terms of work that you can get away with a gigantic price increase if in reality it's only a fourth of what you thought it might be.
1: That's true. The board pointed out here that the initial proposal from the prime contractor was more than $800,000, $900,000, and their ultimate costs were only $300,000. So there was a big drop off between what the prime originally said it was going to cost extra to perform the changes in the work and what they ultimately incurred.
0: All right. Never a dull moment in contracting. (laughs) Dan Ramish is a procurement attorney at Haynes Boone. As always, thanks so much.
1: Thanks so much, Tom.
0: And we'll post this interview at federalnewsnetwork.com slash Federal Drive. Hear the Federal Drive on your schedule. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. And be sure to join Federal News Network's inaugural Customer Experience Exchange starting tomorrow, two afternoons of federal and industry insight on how to achieve better service to constituents and to your own employees. Hear the kickoff keynote from NASA Associate Administrator Bob Gibbs. Register now at federalnewsnetwork.com.
2: Hello and welcome to the Lessons in Leadership podcast. I'm your host, Shane Canfield, CEO of WEPA. Today I'm thrilled to be joined by Dr. David Wilson, president of Morgan State University. David has had a fascinating career and has garnered a long record of accomplishments from more than 30 years of experience in higher education administration. Came to Morgan State in 2010 from the University of Wisconsin, where he was chancellor of both the University of Wisconsin Colleges and the University of Wisconsin Extension.
3: based on how many students they don't admit. I'm about just the opposite. Taking individuals who are absolutely stellar and don't realize it, and bringing that
2: into existence for them. You've had so many opportunities that you could do other things, perhaps at um, larger organizations. But
3: did as well. So here I am, having grown up in Alabama, I harbored some anger toward the society there that kept me from realizing my potential and then kept so many others like me from ever realizing their potential. At the end of a conversation that we had, someone asked Mr. Sosulu, we're leaving this conversation thinking that you harbor no anger towards a society that locked you away for 27 years. Are we leaving with the correct conclusion